in this series on Plan A. We have um, been looking at the theme, as Pat said, of Set Free in 23. There's more to come on that over the coming weeks uh, this year. But in particular, in these last few weeks, we've looked at the Great Commission, that every Christian should be filling the Great Commission, which is to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ with whoever will listen. And we've been looking at different ways of doing that. It's time for a pop quiz. Uh, what's some of the ways we've been look, we've been looking at so far in the last four weeks of how we are involved in Plan A? In Plan A, because there's no Plan B, we are God's plan to share the gospel with people. Can you think of some of the things we've been looking at so far? Sorry, uh, that's today. You're ahead of me. So, sorry, sowing. Yes, sowing in our conversations. A rowing. To, we're in this together. We're not just on our own. We said sowing, yep, yep. Someone said growing. We are growing to know Jesus more and more, become like him in his character, uh, more Christ-like. Growing, sorry? Growing. Rowing, we said rowing. Growing, that was the first one, yep, yep. Growing, knowing. We know uh, the people around about us, we know who Jesus is. Growing, knowing, there we are. Sowing, rowing, and today we're looking at showing up. We're going to base that on a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But this is for everybody. And uh, in the past, uh, churches have preached that evangelists are the ones that should be out there sharing the gospel. But in reality, it's the responsibility of every follower of Jesus, every believer in Jesus. We have the responsibility to share the gospel, to live the gospel in a way that will point people to Jesus, whether we use words or not. So I'll just run over those ones. Growing will help us get going in sharing the gospel. Knowing others, relationships are more important than ever today. In fact, I was talking with somebody this week about the proliferation, even in rural communities, of six-foot-high fences in between houses. And people don't talk to their neighbours much. And that's sad. And Some of them don't even know their neighbours. New people have moved in and they don't care. So that's sad. But we have a responsibility that uh, relationships are important. We should know one another and then we should know the people that we are hoping to share Jesus with. Sowing through our conversations, uh, asking a question of others, listening to others, then asking a question of them. Those sort of strategies. And it's not that you plan to do it, but you're ready to do it. And that's the, that's the idea that we're ready to give a word in season of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Rowing, as I said, we're not, we're not on, in it on ourselves. We're doing this together and we can encourage one another as we go through this time of sharing the gospel with anybody who will listen to us. And today we're going to look at showing up. We're going to look at showing up. It's, it's the last principle we're looking at and it's sometimes difficult to show up and do what God wants us to do. Paul struggled with that. We're going to look at that in a moment. But to, to share our faith with somebody is often difficult. We get, we get tongue tied. We get brain tied. We, we, we think, we say too much. We don't think we say enough. Anybody been there? Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do we deal with that? And I think Paul gives us some insights to that today. I've been there, you know, someone who's theologically trained, who's uh, been through all the, uh, uh, evangelism strategies that I can think of, I still 
get tongue-tied. I still either say too much or say too little. But you know, God still uses that. I can remember, I've got something in my pocket here. I remember, anybody seen this little book before? Knowing God personally? Anybody seen that? It used to be called The Four Spiritual Laws. It's produced by uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. And the, the latest version is, everyone can know God personally. But I, one of the times when I felt that I'd really blown it with a guy, he's a good friend of mine called Perry. We used to go snorkeling together on Magnetic Island. And uh, he was a, a teacher in, the, in Commonwealth Education. He was a science uh, major. And we used to love snorkeling out over the reef. And so one of the times I can remember, we came back. He's, he wasn't a Christian, but his wife was, and she'd been praying for him for years. One time we came back, and we sat on the beach, and I, I was just, I, I think I was thinking it, but I actually spoke it out loud. It wasn't intentional. I said, wow, God's done such a great job, hasn't he? Don't go all that religious stuff on, on me, he says. You know, don't go all that religious stuff. I said, mate, I'm just expressing an opinion uh, not wanting to convince you one way or another, but, you know, have you seriously thought about Jesus? Oh, my wife's at me all the time about that. Don't go there. I said, promise I won't say another word, but I promise that I'll pray for you. And uh, we never had that conversation again. But one time, this little booklet was brand new, hot off the press. And uh, being an educa- educationalist, I said to him, mate, They've changed it slightly from the previous one, and I gave him the old one as well, Four Spiritual Laws. I said, can you evaluate this for me and tell me if they've communicated the message well? And I said, look, it's a quick read. You read it on the ferry over to Townsville, you know. And so he said, yeah, I'll do that for you. Two days later, he came back. He said, oh, I've just I've read the book for you, and, I've, and I've, uh, I want to give it back to you. I said, oh, what do you think? He said, Last night, I knelt down on my knees and I gave my life to Jesus. And it was, I thought I'd blown it. I thought I'd given too much information. I thought I'd put pressure on. But God was working in his life. And his, his wife had been praying for years for his salvation. All, a lot of us had been praying for him for a long time. And God did something through a little booklet, plus all the other uh, pieces of information that he gathered over the years and and uh, he's a great friend of ours and uh, going on strong for God. So we might think we've blown it. But do you know, God just wants us to show up. He wants us to be there. Whether we say anything or not, whether we stutter over what we think we should say, whether we think we haven't said enough, God still wants us to show up. And Paul was in that very same situation. It's, it's like we think we're in, inadequate and we could be inadequate, but God still uses us in our inadequacy to connect with people that he's drawing to himself. I can remember my mum uh, was, a, was a great cook. She was a pastry cook by trade. We always ate well, ate well and she always encouraged us to be in the kitchen when we were younger. So we were confident with the mix master and the oven and the fry pan and all sorts of stuff. And one day uh, I got home from school earlier in the afternoon. Mum wasn't home yet from work. And I thought, I'm going to make Mum a chocolate cake tonight. And I'd done it before, I think. I think I'd helped her to do it before. So I got right into it and I was so proud of myself. And, and it, it looked great when it came out of the oven. But when she tasted it, she 
what did you put in that? And I said, all the normal stuff. And, and, um, and then I went to the fridge and I showed her all the margarine and everything. Hold on a minute. What did you point out then? I said, the margarine. It was lard. It was fat. So it didn't turn out very well. I'm surprised it didn't explode in the oven, actually. But, uh, but you know, the important thing wasn't that I ha- hadn't made the cake well. The important thing was that I'd done it for her and she realised that. And she taught me how to do it properly the next time. So Paul, in this passage, he learns something and he's teaching us something about showing up when God asks us to show up. Showing up is hard work. And we could make a hash of it. But God will use whatever we offer to him. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. Paul is writing this to the believers in the town of Corinth uh, to encourage them and also to correct some of the, the difficulties they were having. So this is what he says in the second part of this letter. Brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I didn't come with fancy words or great wisdom. He could have. Remember, he was a Pharisee amongst the Pharisees, a Jew amongst the Jews. He was a educated religious person. He could have come with fancy words. He could have come referring to Old Testament passages. But he says, I preach to you the truth about God's love, not with fancy words, not with great wisdom. Verse 2 says, I made up my mind to pay attention to only one thing while I was with you. That one thing was Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. So that was going to be his focus while he was with them. When I came to you, verse 3 says, when I came to you, I was weak and afraid and trembling all over. Now, I can't imagine Paul like that. If you've read some of his letters, he, he was um, he was full on. He was trying to convince people, particularly the Jews and also the Gentiles, that they should believe in Jesus as the saviour of the world. Uh, I wouldn't say he was aggressive in his style, but he certainly was coming across as convincing in a lot of his letters. But he says here, when I came to you, I was weak and afraid and trembling all over. Anybody identify with Paul this morning? Have you ever been in that place when you're talking with people about your faith or uh, sharing with them about Jesus and your knees are shaking? Anybody been there? I tell people that's why I wear trousers in the pulpit because you can't see my shaking knees. There's an awesome responsibility of declaring the word of God, of even talking about Jesus. And sometimes we feel inadequate. Sometimes we feel scared. How will this person respond to me? What will they think of me? Um, And Paul was in the same situation. He had to come and to teach some truths and to correct some uh, inaccuracies. And he was scared. He was anxious. So verse 4 says, I didn't preach my message with clever and compelling words. That's the second time in two sentences that he said that. He could have done it. But he said, as I preached, the Holy Spirit showed his power. That was so you would believe not because of human wisdom, but because of God's power. What does that say to us? If we're shaking in our boots and we're unsure what to say, but we are there because God wants us there and he's created that moment, one of those divine appointments for us, do we trust him? That's the question. Do we say, Lord, I'm here for you. Use my words. Use my caring attitude. Use my listening ear. I want you to receive the glory. 
And that's the key to showing up. When Paul visited the city of Corinth, he was overwhelmed by going there because it was a city, um, apart from the believers, it was a city that was bent on pleasure, bent on uh, experiences. And so he was coming into this environment to teach them about God and to come into the church to teach them about God as well. So he's a little bit nervous about going there. He's a little bit nervous about writing this letter to them. But his fear didn't stop him from showing up. His anxiety didn't stop him from showing up. So you and I, we're in the same company as Paul if we get nervous about telling people about our faith. And look what God did through Paul's life. He can do the same thing through our life. What did Paul discover? He learned to accept his weaknesses. He learned to depend on God in spite of his weaknesses. You know, some people have said that Paul was a superhero, that he was always fearless, that he was always successful. But this passage tells me otherwise, that he had to learn to trust in God in spite of all those shortcomings. And he still speaks, even when he is afraid. He still speaks. He depended on God. He still speaks. Are we there yet? I think we might go through many occasions when we struggle with some of these things. But if we're there because God has asked us to make friends with this person or to listen to this person, then he's there. He's the one that's overcoming our weakness, if you like, and using our inadequacies to connect with that person. It's something we need to learn to do. Sometimes we've been burnt and we've had a negative reaction or we've, we've not uh, uh, seen God work. We think, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I'm not going to do it that way again. But, you know, we need to keep showing up just like Paul did, even in spite of those fears. If Paul hadn't have shown up, the church wouldn't be what the church is today. If Paul hadn't have gone there recognising his weaknesses, the church wouldn't be what it is today. God took a hold of him and used him. Have you ever had one of those times where you've felt afraid in, in, in declaring your position in Christ, but, but you've worked through it? You're not alone, let alone Paul. There are other people in the scriptures that are mentioned that struggled with their obedience to God, struggled with their inadequacies. Can you think of one of them? Can you think of one of the characters in the scriptures that struggled with their inadequacies? Moses had a stutter. No, God, don't send me back to Egypt. Don't tell me to go and talk to Pharaoh. I can't speak properly. Send my brother Aaron. God sent them both. That was God's plan. Anybody else that comes to mind? That, that Sorry? Jonah. Jonah, that's right. Absolutely. He ran away from God, but God showed him that he could use him in spite of his inadequacies. Esther, the story of Esther, uh, not allowed to go before the king unless you're invited. She felt that she wasn't worthy and she went because God asked her to go and God saved his people through her. Lots of examples like that. I wonder if the next time you find that fear or anxiety is holding you back from either picking up the phone and calling someone or going visiting them or spending time with them or talking with them, I wonder if you can remind yourself 
that God uses us in spite of ourselves. God uses us in spite of ourselves. Maybe we should pray for one another. We should pray that God will give us that that courage, that, that cup of courage to be able to listen, care for, interact with people that don't yet know Jesus without being afraid. Or pray that he'll turn that fear into faithfulness where we trust God in the moment. And I think that's what Paul was doing. But you know, we have a, an added advantage today. We have God's Holy Spirit with us. And the Spirit's purpose is to lead us into all truth about Jesus. And so, and he's to empower us, he's to guide us, he's to encourage us. And so we can trust God's Holy Spirit to help us in those situations. Do you remember this passage in Acts chapter, oh, where are we are, jumping ahead of myself, 1 verse 8. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, you'll be my witnesses in all Judea and Samaria, and you'll be my witnesses from one end of the earth to the other. Who was he talking to? He was talking to his disciples. Who were they? They were ordinary men. They were tax collector, fishermen. What else? A zealot. You know, they were ordinary men. They weren't scholarly people as such. God took ordinary people, empowered them by his spirit to be his witnesses, even in places where they might be shaking in their boots. And that's a promise to us as well. How can we know that the Holy Spirit's in us? How can we know that these words are true? Do you know, the Bible says that we are God's witnesses. We don't have to become God's witnesses. By the very nature that we have believed in Jesus and allowed him to be Lord of our lives or surrendered to him as Lord of our lives, we are his witnesses. That's a fact. We need to ask God's Holy Spirit to empower us to live out that life as Christ's witnesses. There's a, a, a book that I read some years ago. Where I keep on going. This lady, uh, Rebecca Manley Pippet is her name. She wrote this book, Out of the Salt Shaker. Anybody read that one? It has to be 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago. It was a, a very basic book on sharing the gospel with people. And, uh, Impacted my life greatly over the years and I've really valued it. Well, she's written another book recently under Becky Pippett, so shorten her name. It's called Stay Salt. So that one was Out of the Salt Shaker. This one's called Stay Salt. And she's got four things in there that I think we can value in how we stay that salt in the world around about us empowered by God's Holy Spirit. Have a listen to these. She says, first of all, the Holy Spirit is with us We need to remember that. We need to remember that. We need to remember that Christ's promise to every believer was that God's Spirit would be with us. Now, that's different to what the Old Testament was like. The Old Testament, God's Spirit used to come on to people for a time and then withdrew from those people. But since Jesus, when we place our faith in him, when we're born again by the Spirit of God, God's Spirit is in us. We need to remember that when we're feeling that little bit inadequate, a little bit tongue-tied, a little bit unable to put thoughts together. The Spirit of God is in us and he will give us what we need. That's the first thing. Second thing, we need to rejoice in what the Spirit does in our lives. 
thank God daily that he has given us this comforter, this counsellor, this guide, this one that helps us to understand the living word of God. We need to rejoice that God's spirit's with us and that we can connect to God through the Holy Spirit. The third thing we need to do is we need to ask the Holy Spirit for what we need. When was the last time you asked God through his Holy Spirit to overcome a sin problem that you had in your life or an addiction problem or a, or a, a relationship problem? When was the last time you asked God by his Holy Spirit to help you have grace towards someone that's a difficult person? When was the last time you asked God to help you to love someone that you were struggling in a relationship with? We need to request God's Spirit. Maybe we need to ask God's Spirit to give us that cup of courage that I was talking about earlier, to talk to the person that he leads us to or that we've been listening to and having a conversation with and we've been asking questions of. Perhaps we need to ask God's Spirit to help us with that. And the last thing is we need to renew our commitment to walking in step with the Spirit every day. Remember Paul talks about keeping in step with the Spirit, not running ahead and doing your own thing, not not lagging behind and trying to play catch-up. It's that personal daily walk with the Lord Jesus Christ through his Spirit. How do we do that? Reading God's Word, spending time quietly or alone with God, talking with him, listening to what God's saying to us through his Spirit. Whether it's that check in the Spirit, whether it's those verses that God brings to mind, whether it's something that we're reading from the Bible right away. Paul knew that. Even though he went with fear and trembling, he knew he had a message to give to the people at Corinth, and so he went because God wanted him to go, even though he felt inadequate. I wonder, have there been those times in your life where you've been maybe at work or doing something around the house or something, and you've been prompted by God's Holy Spirit, you know, you should ring up Mrs. So-and-so, or you should pop in and see Joe or Bill or Fred. And you thought, no, no, I've got to mow the grass. I've got to get the grass finished today because it's going to rain tomorrow. No, 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 I'll I'll do it later and you never do it. Has that ever happened to you? I think we've got to get to the place where when God prompts us and we sense that it's the Holy Spirit prompting us to do something or to say something, we do it. That's, That's going to be hard for some of us. But we do it the best we can. And I'm sure all of us have had experiences of when God's Spirit has prompted us to do something and we end up knowing that it was the right time, the right place, the right person that we were going to go and speak with. That's what God does. Paul experienced that when God's Spirit told him to go to Macedonia to preach the gospel and he knew he had to leave his current mission area and go over to this other country and preach the gospel. There was a time when he thought he should go into one of the other countries, but God's Spirit put the blocks, blockage in the way. I wonder, are we ready to listen to God's Spirit through his word and be ready to show up when God asks us to? Paul was uh, fearful, anxious, but he showed up. He faced hostility in some places he went to, but he still showed up because that's where God wanted him to go. God used... Uh, that work of Paul, to grow his church. And he will use our faithfulness 
if we show up when God tells us to show up. So plan A, all that we've looked at before, depends on us showing up where Jesus wants us to be. The question we need to ask ourselves is, are you willing? Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, help me to speak to my friends or those that you're leading me to. Next week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. So we've been looking at this plan A for five weeks or so, thinking about different aspects of the church fulfilling the Great Commission that God's called us to. And uh, next week, I want to give people an opportunity to share their story, to share what God's done or how God's led them. Uh, share, if you like, the mistakes that you think you've made, um, whether it be growing, knowing, sowing, rowing, or showing up. But my encouragement is uh, to keep it contained so we're, we're not all over the place. Maybe there's a specific verse that God has spoken to you out of and you, need to, you needed to respond to that and how you respond to that in one of those areas. Then there'll be an opportunity to do that next week during the message time. Certainly, we need to remember that God's Spirit is with us. We need to rejoice that He's with us. We need to ask Him things and we need to renew our commitment with Him every day. And that's what I will pray about this morning as we finish this time. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank You for Paul. We thank You that he wasn't superhuman. We thank You that he was an ordinary person, Certainly he was uh, learned and he was um, well-educated and yet, Father, he still felt nervous uh, going to places that he knew you wanted him to go to and speak with the people there. Lord, I pray that we'll take encouragement and strength from that because he trusted in you. His focus was Jesus Christ crucified and risen again. And Lord, I pray that as we connect with people uh, in the coming days and weeks and years, that we might be nervous, but we'll be confident that you are with us by your Spirit. And Lord, we will say or do what you want us to do and not have any regrets at the things that we've said or done. So Father, we say thank you for your great encouragement that you use us as your plan A. And we want to be people that are used by you. We want to see new faces in the life of your church and in your kingdom because people have heard the gospel and responded in faith to Jesus. We pray for your glory in this. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pat.